Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back to the Underdog Jets podcast, ladies and gentlemen, with Wayne Corbett here on Monday night, just a few days away from the 2022 NFL draft, which means Jets fans are on pins and needles. Uh, they can't sit still. They don't know what the heck is going to happen, as we touched on last week. Unlike the previous two drafts, you know, which was relatively simple. You know, Mekhi Becton, left tackle, Zach Wilson, quarterback, Trey Darnold. Not simple, but, you know, right in front of Joe Douglas's face. This is very different. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and it, it's a credit to Joe Douglas in this new regime where the leaks do not happen in this building in Florham Park. And that's a really good thing. Uh, but for fans, the anticipation mounts. Uh, Wayne, how's everything tonight? And, uh, you, you know, how are you feeling about this draft coming up? No, everything's great tonight. I mean, we had a lot of talk pre-show about what the Jets might do. Uh, certainly exciting times. Uh, you know, I'll be at the stadium for a draft party. So looking forward to obviously the picks, but also the reaction of the Jet fans in the stadium. Nice, nice. Yeah. So fans, I don't know, or is it still available for the public to go or is it a done deal in that regard? Not sure. It'll be me and Lavernius from the Jets. And I think uh, for the Giants, it's uh, Victor Cruz and uh, Justin Tuck. A little salsa. Someone's got to bring the Tostitos. Yeah. So I've never met the guy, actually. Oh, Victor? Yeah. Them both number eights, you know, playing the same town, but I never, never, uh, never ran into him. So I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting him. Nice. And then Tuck, a good old Notre Dame alma yeah. mater, um, Super Bowl hero. So yeah, nice foursome on Thursday night. Yeah. Well, first order of business is Debo Samuel. You know, when we recorded last week, it was literally right before the news dropped that he officially requested a trade. Uh, I think via Jeff Darlington, ESPN. In the Jets' perfect world, do you want a Debo Samuel on your team? Of course. You know, in terms of style, he does so many different things, but there are so many variables that go into this decision. You know, the money against the salary cap, his injury history. What do you give up? You know, the Jets weren't willing to part with a first round pick for even Tyreek Hill. Uh, Devontae Adams, it didn't take as much as people thought it would to get Devontae Adams in Vegas. Uh, San Francisco reports have come out that they're looking for two first-round picks. I don't think there's a chance in hell they get first two first-round picks. But does Douglas give up the number 10 pick? I think the number 10 pick would get it done. But would he dare do that? I don't know, and I'm kind of hesitant to think he would. Um, I don't think he would. I mean, there's enough talent in, in the receiving class to, to get someone a solid player, you know, an immediate starter. 
But just watching um, ESPN today, if you, if you go on ESPN.com, you could mm-hmm. see uh, John Lynch had a press conference in the first, you know, 10 minutes of it was just talking about Debo and, you know, they're not looking to actively yeah. um, trade them, but they're, you know, they're open to, you know, listening to offers basically because they don't have a first round pick. So they said it's going to be pretty boring on uh, Thursday night, but uh, essentially, you know, it's, it's smart to listen, but they're saying his value isn't as much for another team if they're not going to use him the same way as a, you know, running back slash receiver. So that kind of takes away from his value uh, as far as getting, you know, uh, you know, a boatload of picks. So I don't think it's the same situation, but, you know, is he worth a hundred million dollars? Maybe, but like I said, he suits that system well there. It doesn't mean he's going to, you know, produce the same numbers in, in, in a different, uh, different team. Yeah. And to your point, you know, he's so attractive because he is that uh, wide back as he coined it, where he's a half running back, half receiver. And we don't know the official reason why he wants to be traded, but the strong reports are right now is he's not happy with his usage meaning he wants to focus on being a receiver. And if that's the case, you know, I don't know if I would pull the trigger for the number 10 pick for him based on his injury history, based on so many things. Remember too, you know, he's six foot. He's a, he's a beast of a receiver, 215, uh, South Carolina. He missed games in South Carolina. We'll get into his injury history in a little bit, but he wasn't a first round pick. And as you look around the league cup digs, Devontae Adams, Tyree kill, all these guys are not first round picks. They're mid to late picks so is that in the back of joe douglas's mind i don't know it's a real tough one i don't i don't see douglas being thrilled and giving up the 10th overall pick i know that for sure and we talked in the past weeks it's one of the deepest receiver classes there's been um and i'm looking at this you know if you know 77 catches for 1400 yards mm-hmm. and six touchdowns and he doesn't like how he's being used <laughs> i'd say they're using him pretty well and i think he has eight Rushing touchdowns. I don't understand why he would complain. What you want to catch two thousand yards? I don't see how that takes away what what he's doing. I think that's a cop out and excuse to get out of there. I don't know why, what his situation is, but like I said, the receiver class is deep. They don't need to take a one in the, in the first round with the edge rushers and the cornerbacks they have and linemen. So you know, like you said. You know, look, I was a free agent. Receivers come all the time, second, third, fourth round, fifth round that could produce. So there's no immediate need for Debo Samuel or or to get a guy with the 10th pick. You know, they can move back, get somebody in the second round, because a lot of these guys are going to have solid pro careers that are in the receiver class. Yeah, I mean, listen, am I a Debo Samuel fan? Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite receivers in the league based on what he does. Right. You know, but he was injured all of 2020, basically it played seven games, started only five. A lot of those games, he was in and out, uh, multiple injuries and his injury history is all to his right leg. It's pretty remarkable when you look at it, to be honest. Um, great website, DraftSharks.com. Oh, chance of injury yeah. in 2022, 90%. And look at these injuries all to that right leg. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, you know, it's his plant leg. I mean, yep. I see, from what I've seen, most of his sweeps and, and runs go to the to the right. So that's his plant foot. But uh, it might, you know, might just be more than a coincidence. But um, you know, he just certainly has a tendency to get hurt. 
And people got to realize that. What are you going to give up for a guy that might not be on the field for for all, all the games in a season? So uh, that's lots to think about, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. Guys get hurt all the time, but when you're going to possibly pay him $30 million a year to be the highest paid receiver in a league with, in, a, yeah. in a hard salary cap league, that's the crusher, you know? Yeah, so like I said, you can get a young guy that can start, that can contribute, and you got him for five years. And then, you, you know, you don't have to make a decision on an extension until, you know, going into year four. So do you want to like pay a guy or do you want to like get a guy uh, in the draft and, and, you know, grow the team that way? A lot of the successful teams in the past have grown, the, you know, their teams through the draft and not free agency. So maybe that's the route Joe Douglas goes. Yeah, I mean, September 5th in college, 2015, thigh hamstring strain, grade two. 2016, another hamstring, grade two. 2017, leg fibula fracture. Um, 2020, pedal foot fracture, inguinal, jeez, ingu- I don't even know how to say that, inguinal groin strain, grade two, thigh hamstring, thigh hamstring, thigh glute strain, leg calf strain, leg shin bruise, injured groin strain, grade two, knee strain, grade one. I mean, it's it's a lot. And listen, do injuries happen? Yes. Can you predict them? Not all the time. But again, the assets and the money, that's the important thing. It's so much different than when you're not giving up something for somebody. Yeah. Well, you got to just, you know, homegrown talent, just yeah. grab these guys and hold on to them. Um, and like I said, start fresh with these young guys and the guys that they have and maybe focus more on the, you know, the defense side of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, get, get your receiver in the second, third round, but focus on, you know, a shutdown corner, you know, obviously the, you know, the edge rushers are the big story right now and the shuffling and who's going to be the number one pick. I think uh, Trayvon is now the odds on favorite in Vegas to go number one. I know Hutchinson was the lock, you know, and it comes out that his arms are too short. Mm-hmm. You know, they measured his arms at the combine and his arms are too, I don't know what that means, but they mm-hmm. said statistically no defensive end with shorter arms has had that successful of a career. I don't know how they measure that. But I mean, if that guy drops to us, you, we need to like just hit the button and, and put that pick in for Hutchinson. He's oh, like a, a special talent. In a heartbeat, you, you yeah. go Hutchinson because he's got uh, on top of the talent, he's got what you want off the field too. You know, he's got the motor, yeah. he's got the will from all indications, from all reports. So that's that's without a doubt. Um, yeah, DraftKings, as Wayne said, is the odds-on favorite at number one suddenly. It was Thibodeau months ago, many months ago, then Hutchinson, now Walker. Walker would be perfect in this scheme, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, luckily for the Jets, they're needy at edge, and there's plenty of edges. So what's going to happen at number four? The consensus mock, for those watching on YouTube right now, it's not going to land this way. This is just the consensus based on, you know, since the draft season started Hutchinson one Thibodeau two, which is not going to happen. I don't believe to the lions, Iquanu three, Ahmad Gardner, four to the jets, Evan Neal, five to the giants. Not going to happen. I think it's going to be edge and the wild card is Neal. Um, I don't think Gardner will be the pick. What do you think there, Wayne? I don't know. I I'm still <laughs> up in the air by him or Stingley um, yeah. based on what, what the, you know, the, the so, so-called experts are saying. But uh, hey, if they go in there and they get that the the big old lineman at number four, I don't know. 
I mean, you, you're talking about between Vera Tucker and Becton and, and that guy and Fant, um, mm-hmm. they would immediately go to one of the top 10 uh, offense lines. And you see a lot of the teams that have had success have that front line in front of the young quarterback specifically. And then you get a receiver somewhere else and you got Berrios and all those guys coming back. And, and these two tight ends, I keep saying, these two guys can play. So the both of them out there, um, you know, tight ends are a quarterback's best friend, you know, for those dump offs and, you know, working in the middle of the field. So like you said, in other seasons, we knew what we were doing or it was one of two choices uh, when, the, when the draft came, barring someone trading up in front of us. Uh, but there's options this year, a lot of them. So, you know, it's going to be exciting, you know, to see what they come up with, you know, if, if they do hold on to the, the four and 10 pick. If it's Neil, and remember who Douglas and Salah are, you know, Douglas on the first day of the job said, listen, I'm going to be transparent. It starts with the quarterback and both lines. And yeah. it was a proclamation fans wanted to hear because it, it was a long time since 06, since they, you know, said, forget the nonsense. We're going boring. We're going mangled and brick. Right. And, you know, funny enough, they made the playoffs out of nowhere when the league was picking them to finish dead last. A lot of pundits. Um, yeah. So remember who they are. They like inside out. Yeah, I, uh, I can't agree more. And like you said, getting a defense alignment at this point or, you know, a defensive end um, in, in Salah's system, um, you know, we need one of those too. We don't have one of those. Hopefully Lawson comes back healthy. Mm-hmm. But um, like you said, I mean, you really can't go wrong with some of these guys we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and they got a lot of picks. So they can move around a lot to gain more picks or move up or something like that. At least it's just a deep draft at most positions. I would say, you know, shut down corner maybe is, uh, you know, the least, you know, some good edge rushers. But those two two offense alignment are certainly top tier. I don't know if it falls off that much after that. But uh, like you said, take a receiver in the second or third round. Mm-hmm. Just stock up on the big boys up front in, in the first two picks. I'll say this. Do not freak out fans if they don't pull off a trade for Debo and they don't draft a receiver at number 10. Don't freak out because it's deep. You know, there are so many receivers as we keep hitting on. If you're looking at the screen, uh, Jamison Williams is the third guy here, you know, after Garrett Wilson and Drake London going 15 to Philly, you know, Olave 17. Um, who's next after Olave? Uh, Burks. Arkansas, 22 to Green Bay, who's definitely going to be looking at receiver without Adams now. You know, there's so many. Uh, the Penn State kid, then you got Watson. So don't freak out. And that's going to be a huge theme. I think the huge themes are that. Will they go receiver at 10 if no Debo? The other one is Debo. You know, does Douglas dare bring him in for pick number 10 or could he pull something off without pick number 10? And then the other thing is too interior D tackle. You know, we talked about Jordan Davis last week. No one really has that happening. I know fans would be furious. I've talked to some if they went Jordan Davis at 10 because he's not a three down guy, but you know, in my opinion, it would be a solid pick based on his, uh, you know, freak of nature status, and his size. Uh, But D line is eight deep. Now you got to think of D line as eight starters. Right. Well, who is this? How many round uh, mock is this? This is, I think it goes, we got 32 here. So this is the second round of Kobe Dean actually 
the consensus has him first pick in the second round, which is interesting. Right. And linebacker is the other one that, you know, is an under the radar uh, need that they're going to have to fill, you know, in the second, me, third, fourth round. Let me ask you this from the second half of the second round through the third and fourth, what are, what are some of the names of these receivers mm-hmm. that are looking to go that maybe we can potentially pick up? I mean, Christian who, who Watson. Go ahead. Christian Watson right here in North Dakota state. He is the biggest wild card. Uh, Chris Sims, Phil's son who works for bleach report. And I don't know. I don't know if he still works for bleach report, uh, but might just be NBC. Now he has Watson as his top receiver. So really? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting in that regard. You got George Pickens uh, going 37 in the consensus to Houston, Georgia. So it, it is deep. I still haven't seen the Penn state kid. Uh, you got Sky Moore, Western Michigan at number 43. Here's the thing that happens. Now, you look through all these picks, and these guys are like not big names, not at big schools. And it's a shame to say that if we don't get London or Wilson or Williams and we get one of these kids, you know, you could see disappointment in the fans that aren't college football fans because they don't know the names and are not from the top, you know, 20 schools. Um, So I just would advise fans to uh, have faith in Joe Douglas that, you know, they find the right guy, you know, in these uh, third and fourth rounds that could be, you know, effective and impact players. Uh, And just because they don't know the names in the schools they went to, that they're not going to be a a good pick. So just warn, warn uh, fans, that, that, you know, the picture made for a reason and kind of watch it play out before they rush to judgment. Yeah. Remember Elijah Moore last year, early second round. Uh, yeah. Jets fans love him now. And, and listen, Cup, Cooper Cup was not a household name coming into the draft. And right. he was, a, what was he, a third or second round pick, one or the other. <laughs> uh, same with Devonta Adams. Even, I'd argue, Tyreek Hill. You know, he probably should have got drafted higher if not for other things that forced him to drop. Stefan Diggs, same thing. So, you know, that that's just the way it is with the receivers these days. So, yeah. so don't freak out. Everyone loves to see the the guy, the baller who catches the ball, who who appears on Sports Center like Wayne Corbett in 97 and 96 and 98. But it's it's not just the guys who touch the ball. You know, you gotta have those trenches solidified. Yeah. So so that's I think that's where we're at um going into Thursday. Um, but a lot of times these teams are, are, are successful in getting those solid pros, you know, good high motor guys, like I said, that maybe didn't have great pro days or but had great college careers. Uh, you know, those, that's like, you know, number 35 to number 52, you know, on the roster that makes teams and that depth mm-hmm. that they get you know, further along in the draft. So it's not just Thursday night. It's the Friday and Saturday is where a lot of the the teams, you know, have success finding those diamonds in the rough. Um, and like you said, yeah. you just have to be confident that they find them. Yeah. And, and Evan Neal too. Don't put it past Douglas to ignore Evan Neal or Iquanu. Iquanu uh, could play guard, Neal tackle. I know they have Fant, they have Becton. So they look great on paper. You know, but don't put it back. Don't put it past Douglas to move one of those guys and draft Neil if he likes Neil that much. Because you know, in his most recent press conference a couple of weeks ago, he kept on maintaining the idea that you can't 
pin yourself into position need this early in the draft. You take special talent, you take special people. And if they think Evan Neal is one of those special people, don't let it shock you. Yeah. You go best available at yeah. that point. Cause there's, you know, it's not, you're not one player away. You know, you need, you know, multiple positions. The only time you really go to specific guys, if you're, you're hunting a specific quarterback, mm-hmm. other than that, you go best available. Uh, Cause there is a need at corner, you know, edge rusher, O-lineman receiver. So like you said, the fact that they have all those options is, is going to make the draft a success. Absolutely. Uh, if I'm, if I get in my crystal ball out, I'll say this one of two scenarios happen. I don't think Debo's happening based on the nature of Douglas and based on what San Fran wants. San Fran will have to drop its asking price big time. Right. So I see Jermaine Johnson, if it's Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson, and there's reports out too. Uh, one of them was Connor Hughes from the athletic. And there was another one, I think from NFL.com. I forget the person, but uh, there are reports the Jets favor Jermaine Johnson over Thibodeau. I could understand why based on, you know, some of his athletic traits, his bend. He's more of a pure pass rusher in the eyes of many. So one scenario is Jermaine Johnson at four and then receiver at 10. And then the other scenario is Neil at four and then another edge at 10. Carl Aftis or whoever. What if they get the edge and then Gardner, you know, Gardner or Stingley's still there. You do that. The thing about Thibodeau is what I'm hearing is that he likes football. He doesn't love football. Right. That's what I'm hearing about. And you don't want, you know, you got to really question someone that football isn't their passion and the number one priority in their life. And I'm not saying that's true. I don't know the guy, but I'm hearing that more than one source. So um, maybe that kind of like takes, takes you off him, even if he is there for. Right. Because you got to remember all these guys are talented that come in the NFL. It's that stuff that separates the greats and the goods from, you know, the average guy. Yeah. And, And that's where personnel departments in the NFL really shine when they could separate that divide. So, you know, I I don't know. I think best case would be edge at four and then a trade down at 10 and pick up a couple assets. Yeah. Um, But we shall see. Wayne, Wayne, what about you? Best case? You want to throw something out there? Um, Yeah, I don't see the Debo thing happening, nor do I want it to happen. Mm -hmm. I just don't think he'll be as successful in in the system with the players they have. So, yeah, um, I do hope they get you know, one of these top edge rushers, um, you know, I know Joe Douglas likes the lineman and hopefully they can get, you know, the Garrett Wilson kid. I know um, we've watched film on the receivers mm-hmm. coming out the last couple of weeks. And I just think he's the top in my mind and uh, you know, shut down corner. One of these young kids, you know, hopefully we can maneuver around, but I do think receiver is the third option that we need based on the depth of the class and, you know, what we could pick up in later rounds. I would agree. And then interior D line and linebacker after that. Yeah. You know, and hopefully maybe Nicobe Dean does drop and they could scoop him up in the early second. Uh, we shall mm-hmm. see. Uh, yeah. Wyatt, the kid from Ohio state's another name to look at. Yeah. Um, let, let's check out this video. I don't know if there's the audio is going to play. Yeah. So basically we're watching the Debo Samuel video in the club. <laughs> There he is, given the no sign. Debo is staying. What does that say? Debo staying at 49er. 
And if you haven't seen it, just look up Debo Samuel club video. Yeah. One of these nights, I guess he was hanging out. He's given the no sign. Listen, listen, you know, understand you don't know what's going on there, but understand he's posturing for a long-term contract. So of course he's going to, you know, you know, when, when you're going to sign a contract, they find all your flaws for every reason not to make you the highest paid or to give you the best contract. So he kind of took control of the situation. So, you know, you know, I don't really want to be there. don't want to be there. Oh, but if you pay me, uh, you know, I want to be there. They, you know, they got to show him some love. That's what he wants. Yep. Uh, you got to understand that. He, he, If they give him that deal, he's going to play for the San Francisco 49ers. He's Absolutely. not going anywhere. And he's going to be, be all in love with the team again and the fans again. So don't, don't believe everything you see on the uh, social media. Absolutely. And the main reason is we haven't heard a specific reason from him for why he wants to be traded. Right. Right. It's kind of, it's, it's a mystery. And when it's a mystery and it's not out there, it's usually posturing. It's usually contract related. So yeah. to your point, I think you're right on the money. So that's my feelings on it. You know, I'll uh, be in touch on Thursday night, get a reaction and maybe uh, do a Friday show, something going into the weekend and certainly a follow up to beginning in a next week uh, on the whole draft. All right. Sounds good. We'll wrap it up with this. Michael Nania wrote a predictive 2022 mock draft based on Joe Douglas's trends. Uh, over his first two drafts and he's got cave going at number four. So that should be interesting. And then number 10, he's got Drake London, USC, big guy. I know Wayne likes him, uh, but Garrett Wilson kind of filled your heart too, as well. Yeah. So if this is how it works out, I, I'd be more than happy. And I, I'm sure Jack fans will be too. Yep. All right. So Jets fans, we will come back at you after the draft. It should be interesting Thursday night. Rate and review us on iTunes. Check out JetsXFactor.com. Use discount code 80. Like and subscribe on YouTube. All that good stuff. Um, and, you know, get one of those free 8 by 10 Wayne Corbett signed pictures. I keep sending them out. Keep mailing them out. People are thanking us left and right. Uh, it's a great deal. Use the simulator, the off-season simulator. You got a few days left on the site. And uh, remember, discount code 80, and away we go. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And look forward to uh, covering uh, what our picks were going into this weekend. Absolutely. All right, Jets fans, until next time. 